Just about every year up here in northern Minnesota, we have a few days in March when the temperature reaches 50 degrees or higher. It feels like spring. On the news yesterday, March 9th, they said the thermometer hit 55 degrees at Duluth International Airport, breaking our all-time high for the date. Having my windows open a bit felt wonderful. Despite the old saying that you can't fool Mother Nature, you can fool a lot of her creatures, at least her human creatures. We know how much we want real spring to begin without ever figuring out that changeable weather is exactly what real spring is. Thawing and then freezing again, balmy days and then a blizzard. The unpredictability is quite predictable. There's a reason April Fool's Day is set in spring. Because we're only human, we can't help but worry about birds, and many really are killed during migration. The reason migratory birds fly back and forth despite the mortality is because sticking it out would mean a higher mortality rate for them. But there are still a lot of losses during their long travels, and weather is one major reason. But over millennia, migratory birds have evolved strategies for at least minimizing the danger. Because weather is so very changeable, most bird migration is triggered by day length, or at least most birds reach migratory readiness in spring due to increasing day length. Neotropical migrants, that is, the ones who return here from Central and South America, return within a week or 10 days or so around the same date every year. Day length also affects the migratory readiness of many early migrants, the ones that wintered in the central and southern states, but many of them also key in on weather, motivated to get cracking as temperatures rise. The early bird really is hoping to get the worm, if that early bird is a robin, but those worms won't emerge until the ground thaws. Geese and swans eat some worms too, but their main need as they return north are open water and snow-free patches on grain fields. So it makes sense that the vanguard of both robins and geese tracks the 37-degree isotherm. When snow is disappearing from large swaths of ground, the frozen soil is starting to melt, and ice is yielding on some rivers and streams. Some people up here panic when they see robins early in March, knowing full well that in the next two months, snow is very likely to cover the ground again. But if those worms suddenly grow inaccessible, robins have a backup plan, feeding on fruits still clinging to trees and shrubs. The last robin of winter, making infrequent cranky call notes, will suddenly change his tune by the very very act of singing that most welcome robin song, he transforms himself into the first robin of spring. This year, Frank Nicoletti is once again keeping track of spring migration at Hawkridge Bird Observatory's Spring Raptor Count, conducted at Skyline Parkway in West Duluth.
The count is supposed to begin on March 1st, but Frank understands that birds use cues unrelated to our human calendar, so he jumped the gun this year and started on February 22nd. We may think February is still the dead of winter, but on February 27th, he counted 80 bald eagles. And as of the end of the day, March 9th, his spring total is 691 bald eagles, 20 golden eagles, and five red-tailed hawks, three rough-legged hawks, two cooper's hawks, and a single goshawk in Merlin. So far, he's only tallied five Canada geese and two trumpeter swans moving through. Those numbers will change enormously in the coming days and weeks. You can count on this mild spell ending. It is just the middle of March, after all. But spring really and truly is here. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.